Hi, Paul. Hey, Kenny. Hey, Chris. Welcome to Building Up To It, or the other name that I just said. What did I say? Get up to uh, go. Lego Tonight, right now? Tonight. I like Lego, <laughs> Lego tonight. tonight. Lego Tonight, right now. <laughs> We're not changing the name. Matt would be furious. You know how furious he'd be? He'd, he'd be this oh. furious. <laughs> on fire. With headphones on still. Scream dogs, of course. Uh, Matt snuck in here earlier, but then he left. I don't know if he's coming back. He's, what did he say? He took a job? That was weird. But I guess if, <laughs> if, his, house. if his job's not jobbing, then he needs another job, I guess. Yeah, house. But he's also moving and going on the road in the in the Matt Knight transport team. Ooh. <laughs> and the mid-Matt transport team. I like Matt Knight. Matt Knight? Yeah. Maybe. All right. The moving um, transport team. <laughs> Thank you to uh, everyone who commented on my soda videos lately and not on last week's building up to it. <laughs> Thumbs up. Thumbs up to all you. I uh, All right. So I didn't get any Lego. I did sell some pre-orders for my for my new prints. Uh, none of them are to Kenny. That's that's OK. What did I do? I went on an adventure on Monday. I went to I went about an hour and a half away to go get two new Mountain Dews that are on fountains at places that are an hour and a half away from me. <laughs> so that I was an adventure. The videos. And uh, then we just kind of checked out some stuff on a mountain while we were there. That was what I did. I have sold five of New York Mike's sets so far at the store. Nice. I uh, cut and mailed the first check to Jaden, his son. Um, that shipped out on Tuesday. And I still have like 25 friggin' huge sets to try to sell. <laughs> hey, that's a start, though. I, th- I think it was very good for the first three days being open with all that stuff all over the store. Yeah. Which ones did you sell? I sold the Shuttle Tidarian. I sold the TIE Interceptor. I sold the ATOT Dropship Walker. Yeah, That's the one that everyone wants. Apparently. Bunch of weirdos. I <laughs> sold the the BB-8 Polybag, the little BB-8. And I sold the 89 Batmobile. I was going to say, what about Batmobile? I figured that one would go because everyone wants that too. So those are the five that are gone. Nice. Still I was a bunch. I was wondering if it would be only Star Wars. <laughs> well, everyone loves the Star there's War. only four things that weren't Star Wars. That's true. <laughs> One of which is the other Batmobile. <laughs> yeah. Two Batmobiles and two Technic supercars. Is that a Tumblr? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, only four. Four things that I weren't. Probably the green supercar is the the Lambo, like in the window at the Lego yeah, store. Yeah, that's the new one. Like they look awesome, but I, I don't care. Like uh, yeah. that's the only reason I don't I don't get them either. They're they're so big, and I don't I don't like them enough to uh, to do it. But Gary loves them. <laughs> G money was the original supercar. Was that was that remote control? The black one. Back in the um, early two thousand. I, I know I know what you're talking about the supercar. Uh, I don't know what kind of 
controls they had at that point. I, that I was know. late nineties, I think. Was it? Yeah, I, I remember they. I, I think that had the big black box with like the yellow dial on it, like that era. But I don't know if they, if, if it actually had like a motor or anything in it. Oh, yeah, I don't know what it did. That's yeah. a great question for I don't know somebody else. Brigzar, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was talking to an expert. <laughs> well, tech- you could call me an expert, but I can't call me an expert. <laughs> That's what I, I've been thinking of, like little things I'd like to tweet if I had a Twitter. And I, I, I wanted to say, never trust anyone who calls themselves an expert. <laughs> I love how you're just like milling about this expert thing for for weeks. They call <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> you don't call yourself an expert. You have to wait for someone else to. That's how you know you're well, right. Yeah. Well, somebody was somebody was telling me that they're like a, uh, um, a social media marketing expert. I'm like, and now I don't care. <laughs> and now I don't believe you. <laughs> That's the the nail in the coffin right there. Is that you called yourself an expert? Self imposed title. <laughs> Not a fan of that. I'm the uh, king of social media marketing. You can't give my business card that I made. You can't give yourself a nickname, and you can't call yourself an expert. <laughs> That's those are the rules, Kenny. What'd you get? I got Las Vegas because I was just I really liked building Tokyo, and Las Vegas is too wide for my like block situation, so I'm sad about that. But it is really cool looking. Um, those are those are tough because. You don't like know when you're reaching the end because all the parts are the same size. So like as I was making it, I was just like, "Oh, it's it's done. <laughs> like, there's no more." Uh, <laughs> that's I, I'm gonna have to do this. We had a we probably had an hour long conversation before the show, not about <laughs> Lego at all. And when you're talking about not knowing you're at the end, there's way too many of these anime series that have what I like to call quote the Japanese ending. Where it's not the traditional Western ending to a show, the happy where it's like <laughs> some epiphany is had. Nothing is done upon that realization, but that's a good enough conclusion. The end. And you're like, <laughs> what? It's over. See, and that's why I don't finish any of them. Apparently, because <laughs> I get halfway through and I'm like, that's the end for me. <laughs> oh, you, you, you like finding your own Japanese ending that's somehow before the regular Japanese ending. Yeah. Wild. All right. What else you get, Kenny? I got this guy. Woo. There you go. Boom. Uh, the, very fun. I haven't built just the ship yet. It's like bag 15 is like all the parts to retrofit it into the actual ship. So I just have the little it feels like you could put it in the middle of a town and have that be like a little uh like uh amusement park like attraction like I can see that. yeah you know what i mean like it's really cool um now i want to i want to find out that there's like a let's play of legoland the pc game because that that's totally something you'd plop down in the middle of your roller coaster tycoon but with lego yeah. Just imagine they have Legoland Let's Plays on YouTube. Just imagine on Twitch. Imagine someone yeah, going there. Like, I mean, sometimes you either like you're playing the the AAA game that came out next week, but you got it early, or you're playing something so super old and obscure, and you're getting views because no one else has ever played it. 
<laughs> on like a, on a streaming platform. Those are the two ends of of the streaming video games. And so all these streamers are like working with people, quote unquote, and making their own games. So they're like, "Oh, this is our game. Go buy it." <laughs> that, I, that I don't know about. I don't, I don't even. I don't even know what a Twitch is. So I don't know what a Twitch is. is that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think that might be all I got. I did not get a third megacore magnetizer. That's for sure. <laughs> I listed a um a big octagonal dome like a canopy in my store today, in the trans neon green, and I was like. Kenny's going to see this and he's going to make it like some kind of lookout tower on his Mtron base. So I actually put a little uh, thought into something and I might, I might have the means to make like a Blacktron fucking flagship using two of those and the Blacktron with the B on it in the middle, like (laughs) pop and then the rest of the ship, like, Oh, I don't know. I just had like the idea, and I was like, "Shit!" Like, how's those Robo Guardian arms? They're on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Secure. So very secure. I did get some gears. Uh, I just have not really had much time to take. I'm like scared to take his arms apart and like retrofit like everything in. I'm like really sad because it's like so close as the way it is. Obviously, it doesn't work. but yeah, so I've got some gears and some things to play with around just to kind of see what works. And then once I get a little bit of inspiration, I did this in the middle of a body too. I had like, I had to take a break, um, especially with not having anything for the hands, but he'll be done. He'll be done. He'll be done when he's done. How about that? <laughs> I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's all I've really done. So Nice. Um let me share real quick because I don't have them on me. So I, in honor of Kenny, also got some. I've, I'm catching up on my architecture stuff. So there's a there's Tokyo at the bottom there, um, and then I got the uh, the Dubai skyline as well, and then the Trafalgar Square set. So I think we're only missing um, just the new White House, which uh, is hard to find at the moment anyway. So we're as caught up as we're going to be, I think is, uh, is pretty much where we're at there. So that's the, um, that's the third Burj Khalifa, right? It is indeed. So I plan on taking a picture when I do build this one, I'll probably build this one first. Uh, do this one, the Adam Reed Tucker Burj, and then the updated Burj all together just to see, look how much they've changed over the years. You could also do that with, um, with, uh, so Sydney Opera House is a great one for that, where there's one in the skyline, there's a small yeah. one, and then there's the giant creator expert one. I never got the big one just because um, that the, the footprint is just so large on that. I was at yeah, it's a forty-eight and it's a forty-eight by forty-eight plus a thirty-two by thirty-two and a sixteen by thirty-two on the side. It's just too much. Like we we don't have the space for that. <laughs> the the Disney Castle is huge, but at least it goes up. It doesn't just go wide, and I, we don't have the storage space for that. So the opera- I I was at a I want to say Brick World when they revealed that giant um, Sydney Opera House. What is that gold building? It's like a they, it's some it's something frame. Like maybe they call it like the Dubai frame or something like that. It literally is here, just like a gold frame. <laughs> I, it's, it's like the um the the gateway to the west, potentially. 
Okay, I just I just found it. It's an architectural landmark. Uh, so described by the Guardian newspaper as the biggest picture frame on the planet. Oh, so it's a picture frame. I didn't realize that. However, yeah. it's also controversial as the biggest stolen building of all time. <laughs> <laughs> stolen? Yeah, Why is it stolen? Fine. No, lawsuit. Uh, in December, okay, this is right. In December 2016, the architect Fernando Donis filed suit in U.S. court against the municipality of Dubai. Uh, in his suit, Donis claims that he has not received either contract or compensation for his design, despite it being currently under construction. As of homie's trying to patent a rectangle. As of 2018, the architect and municipality of Dubai were engaged in a legal dispute over the building. How are you going to try to sue Dubai? (laughs) He'll buy the court you're in. That is hilarious. Yeah, it really is just a picture frame. Holy crap. That's bonkers. Wednesday is on it real big. (laughs) I was not expecting that. I'm not going to lie. Okay, word. I mean, it's a pretty cool skyline, though. Yeah, I, I like the uh, the like the modernity of the video of the the buildings. It looks cool, it looks different. So I am looking forward to building that. Maybe I'll get a uh, a tile printed of a of a Black Sean guy uh, in there with it with his visor down. We'll see and throw it in the picture frame. Um, then additionally, like I said, Trafalgar Square and then Tokyo. Which if I didn't have Dubai, I would have built this one next. Is because I also think this looks really cool. I like the variety of uh, of building styles there. Um, so we'll- Trafalgar Square, isn't that like right next to Chumbly Wombly Field? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in, in, in just in that the the overall uh, square footage, I guess, of of England is very small compared to the U.S. So Actually, I, 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 I'm not suggesting they're anywhere near each other. If I'm but perfectly honest, they're probably near each other. Callback: They're nearer each other than you and I are. <laughs> you and me are farther apart than. Than Trafalgar Square and Team Chumbly Wumbly, I would imagine. I mean, yeah, by a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's it for me. I got the, I picked this up locally, found, got them all for a really good price, and uh, saved us some money. So we're now almost caught up. Hooray! I'd Hooray. like. To, I think my next one, and then I'll probably tap out. Uh, is going to be San Francisco. The um, my wife is in the middle of building San Francisco right now. We, we literally, I think, just the base plate is done. <laughs> nice water. Oh yeah. So that, that that's all she has done so far of San Francisco. The nameplate, the nameplate isn't even there. Um, but I've heard that the Golden Gate Bridge is actually pretty pretty cool design, and um, I think it does some cool stuff with perspective. Um, that that actually make it a very interesting build. Yeah, really interesting. If it got smaller, the farther away it, it, it you built it. I didn't notice that Mount Fuji is in Tokyo. Like it's like hiding there. Like I, when I was building, I was like, "Shit, there's fucking Mount Fuji." Like I didn't even. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't even looking for it. <laughs> anyway, that's what we all got. What did you get? Leave us a comment. Leave a comment below. <laughs> Leave a comment below. Tell us what you got. So. <laughs> so I was trying to uh, on my way home for work I heard this interview on the radio uh, about the one of my favorite bands and they had they put out their last two albums in an interesting way so they recorded and finished both of them in like the last, last year in the fall and the one they put out as a, a full-length 
uh, the day after Christmas without announcing it. It is dropped it that day. Like, here it is. And it's one of those, technically, it's one, like, 35-minute song, but they break it up into seven chunks. So you can listen to the tracks, and it's, it's a little disjointed when you, like, just, they picked one of the songs to make the quote-unquote single on the radio, and it was like, all right, okay, that's fine. And then the other one, they put out uh, even a even more different way. So they, all this year, at staggered release dates, they put out five EPs with, like, two to three songs on each one, and these are, like, seven-inch vinyl or a digital download. And they didn't say, like, this is going to be a full-length album that's also going to be available as a full-length album later. It is like, here's two songs. Here's two songs. And once all five of them came out, they released at the end of July as a full-length vinyl, CD, digital download, whatever, and it's 12 tracks. And <clears throat> I listened to it for the first time tonight. I was taking a walk. I was blasting that. And it's not my favorite by that band. But I wonder, the bigger you get, can you put less effort into the quality of the product, of the content, and more effort into the, the quantity and and still be as successful? Yes. And and because they, yeah, the I mean, they, they, sold, <laughs> they sold all these EPs and then they they sold it as a full length as well. And they had all these bundle deals in the end. And it's it's not my favorite by them, but it's such like an interesting story to follow that I don't know that it matters that it's not my favorite by them. I I have a question. Yes. Are you going to tell us who this is? <laughs> it's, sure. It's the Acacia Strain, and okay. they might be my favorite band. They're neck and neck. Uh, my favorite album by them was in like 2009, so I don't know what that says. I, I've also often pondered the idea that does a band think that every album they put out is their best work to date? Because a band always super hyped on their latest content, even if the fans don't see it like that. They must be. You're not going to put out something and go, this is so not as good as our last album, but here it is. I, ha I have a thought. So one of my favorite bands is Muse. And they have released very different albums. Like their first three and maybe even the fourth like it sounded like it was the same band you know what i mean just kind of evolving a little bit and then when they hit their fifth and especially their sixth they just got fucking weird and they they are like top three favorite band for sure i love them but that fifth and sixth album are like i never listened to those like when they came out i was like i want to i want to like this but if i don't it, i'm not gonna blindly like it you know but that is actually to your point that is when they started to get really big. And so when people are like, oh, my favorite song is like that one, like off of one of those albums, I'm like, that's not even... My people. favorite song is that one that's in Guitar Hero. What do you mean they have other songs? Yeah. <laughs> so like, my favorite album of theirs is their second. And they have made... Uh, their, their, their third album is awesome, too. It's just like the second one has my all-time favorite song, and 
fucking awesome. But like their last album that they just put out, it might have been last year, maybe 2018, um, is very good. Like it's more like because they got really like uh, experimental. Like they even said it. Like they were like, uh, like Queen did it too. I love how they're just like we don't fucking care. Like we're fine. We're gonna like make music that we that we want to mess around in. So they were they were they were uh, they said that they didn't want to worry about if they could play it live. So like they'll figure it out, you know, they'll figure it out if they end up, you know, making the song or whatever. They're like, we'll, we'll either get like a like more uh, live crew or we'll have like a backing track, whatever. Like they'll figure it out, right? Which is admirable to me, but also I'm like, man, I came to watch you like shred on guitar because you're the best fucking guitarist. Like you know, like you're awesome. And then they're just out there like fucking around with like electronic shit, and you know, so it's like, ah, oh, man, I don't want that from you, you know. I like that that time that Corn uh, did an album with Skrillex, and everyone just kind of swept that under the rug. Like, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Not that I'm uh, condoning either of those artists, but like when they just like, hey, you know what we're gonna do next? Here's an album fully with Skrillex. <laughs> I was like, okay, guys. <laughs> Wait till that beat drops. Wait, guys, hang on, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, so it, it it is particularly with musicians. It's an interesting discussion, I guess. Um, and what happens a lot, unfortunately, with bands is that you, when they were still small, and then when, when, before they get before they got their really huge break, they they developed this very loyal following, and they're able to do everything that they want to do. And in, in the case with, with Muse, particularly, let's just use Muse as an example, as you'd mentioned, there was a point where they hit and they got, they got real big. Like their song was on every radio station. Um, they were being, it was being sung on American Idol, like all those kinds of things. Or like you get, when, when the songs, when you get to be a big enough band that your songs are played on like in, on Glee or something like that, you've made, you've really, really hit it big from a commercial standpoint. And then what happens is that you get you get the amazing contract, you get signed and all that kind of stuff. And usually that's almost always where, where you, you'll hear that, that there, there's a dip in quality with their music. Right. Um, and, and usually what happens there is that when it usually would take two or three years to pump out an album, all of a sudden they get all this money thrown at them, but they've also got that contract where they signed on there to be, to be made big that they then had to pump out a certain amount of albums per year or whatever it might be. Like you need to get us this and this and this. And then they start working with like songwriters and they start working with A&R people. They're like, this is the kind of music you should do. Do a song like this. Give me 20 songs. I'll pick the ones that are the best. That'll be the most commercial. And so that happens a lot with bands. Um, but then what happens is that their hardcore fans don't like them as much anymore as that almost happens across the board, but they then get, they they get much more exposure and they become a much bigger band and then 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 you as as the long term fan are then torn between the music was way better before but I'm glad for them because I love this band I'm glad they're finally getting their what 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 they deserve it it happens with it doesn't matter who it is any any band that was small that got big your dashboard confessional your Jimmy Eat World anything like that uh, from 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 any of those it happened for Cutie was a big one I like I was huge fan but like when they signed with whoever everyone was like oh they're different now and i'm like well i just got into them and so i don't know yeah and, and <laughs> so transatlanticism was the best <laughs> and, and and that's what that's what happens when you are the struggling band trying to make it and before like uh, when you're someone like 
queen when you you're you're so transcendent you get you you are afforded the chance to become huge but still do you're, you're huge on your own on your own terms and so kind of taking it from from that just kind of to, to how kind of chris talked about there so his favorite band um they they put out basically two albums within six months or so they had they, they had basically two albums worth of stuff that they pumped out in six months one was one was just dropped at christmas and the other was peppered through um kind of episodically uh over over like two or three months and ending culminating in in the the full album release um in this this past month i should and, also mention that um one of them was to fulfill and end the contract with one label, and the other one was the first on like the fifth label that they've been on since they started. Yeah, so uh, and, and oddly enough, um, it's not in the order you'd think. <laughs> the one that came out in Christmas was on the the, the new, the new label. label, and then the one that dropped last month was the last one for the previous label. How did they get away with doing that? You think that the I, label, like I yeah. no idea, no idea. <laughs> So, so let's if we leave all the contract stuff out of it. Clearly, there was that we, we we can have it read that there was a an issue there with the old label and the new labels. Is what that's why they got the new label and and, and all that kind of stuff. All that stuff aside, well, um, I mean, I don't think bands are signing to labels indefinitely anymore. I think just like the 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 licensing with uh, the Lego franchising uh, IPs, I think they they don't. You'd be a fool to sign to a, a, a open-ended contract anymore. All maybe most of the music contracts now are like, here's how many albums, and then you know if you want to renew, you can. But no pressure. They could have always re-upped with, with with that label, but but they chose not to. They chose to to kind of go uh, outward, which which certainly could have been great for them. But anyway, all all that aside, um, it it certainly could seem like they're just they're now so big that they're just pumping out albums left and right because they, they don't really care as much. Or you could think about it as they're, they're still like part of their artistic vision is in the way that it's being released now. And so um, the, the music is one thing where the, not everyone's going to like everything. So, so they, they could be, this could be part of their experimental phase or whatever, or this could be just, they really do think it's good. But part of the experience is the journey that you had mentioned. And now the, the putting it like being able to listen to the album at a couple tracks every two weeks or ever, however however frequently that came out it does like it's it's a different listening experience then and so so it hits differently than an album would or then now when it's just pumping out pumping out singles digitally and you don't really care about an album anymore like they they're all music has is is kind of evolving so you could certainly look at it as them trying something new and trying a different way of, of putting their stuff out there. And in, in that sense, it certainly is a very interesting take on things. Um, and whether or not you like the music, um, it, how, how, how successful do you think it, they were at getting their music out there and, and, and basically into people's ears, Chris? Like, did, did it do a good job of getting people to listen to it because it was different? Well, I there's a really big following for collecting vinyl and other releases from artists now it's potentially bigger now than ever as yeah, far as people who people who pay money for music it's all about what you get physically which is so super strange to have it now but that's that's how it is so the fact that this 
a very successful band in in the genre decided to really put out a lot more merchandise over uh, a controlled amount of time instead of one one release that had all of it and and the other part of that is that if it had come out all at once it might have gotten worse reviews than if it came out in five parts because you you don't know what else is coming out after each part drops and and you might be more favorable of what you hear on each of the five EPs versus what you hear when like all 12 songs were to drop all at once. Do you so think they, it might have done better. It might've made more money. It might have um, been more appealing to the people who are the people who spend money on music these days. When you, when you just said that, uh, Paul, it, um, it made me think of how you just said, artistically releasing so like like a monetary aside when a single is released people will go i like that song and then the artists worked hard on the other 10 songs on the album but nobody gives a shit about that so like that just kind of uh, like rang a bell for me where it's just maybe they wanted all their songs heard by the masses whereas the masses will only hear a couple obviously the radio all that stuff's different so there isn't like singles like there used to be per se especially- uh, and, and and the genre i listen to doesn't have exactly singles. exactly <laughs> exactly so that that, that was going to be my next point too so but yeah so you know maybe that genre has less of that issue you know what i mean but like like uh, a muse for instance they'll put out a single and it's just like well fuck man like there's there's so much more than that you know what i mean like, well like- all right so what if so if muse put out a 12 song album and they put it out as five EPs, or you know, for for divi- six EPs, two songs each for, here for division's sake. Yes, yeah, six EPs is what I was going to say. If they put it out like that, do you think people would be more favorable of all twelve tracks versus probably versus if it was all dropped at once and the radio told you which one to like? So, uh, uh, radio aside, I feel like people would be talking about all 12 more than they would if it was just released as an album yeah it's 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 it's, music is different now than it used to be back when when people would buy cds or buy albums or whatever like you listen to the whole album and that was what you did and then bands would create with the whole album in mind so so there would be either a story you tell or just an experience that you have as a whole and then now it's it's really all about the singles again the singles out there and then getting the streams and all that kind of stuff so it's it music itself is consumed differently now and i think that um the the kind of i actually i applaud them for doing the kind of staggered release um because at least for me i actually enjoy being able to kind of sit and kind of take things in um almost being forced to take things in slowly uh it's like if you're if if I get this huge haul of toys, let's say, or whatever, if I if I have like ten transformers that have come in at once, and I just open them all up, I don't appreciate them as much as if I would have gotten that, those same ten toys one a month because this the, the release schedule was one a month, and I got one, then I I'd open it up and I play with that one, then I get to kind of check things out with that one. And well, Paul, as long as you know you're getting the brick guy in the end. <laughs> That's a fucking callback. <laughs> but but the, yeah, certainly the, for me, the, again, the, the staggered release helped me to 
focus on just the one thing at a time and then kind of take it in and 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 experience again for for lack of a better term and enjoy it for what it is without necessarily being overwhelmed now like music is not necessarily the the, the best example to use that to, to use that kind of um example with because because again it's not like yeah, I don't necessarily like. Oh my gosh, there's twelve songs. I, I I I can't. It's just too much for me to take in. Certainly, that that's not always going to be the case, or usually will be the case. But I, I think the, the the kind of the the model is, is one that that certainly kind of still it, it still holds true. Is that what, the, the stagger? I think is actually not only do you get people talking about it, not only is there the, the monetary um, gain from theoretically seven EPs or whatever. Again, back to Muse, six EPs as opposed to one full length album. Uh, I would imagine it's whatever the contract is can get them more money, but money aside, uh, again, you, you, you experience it differently. And as an artist, I can certainly see that being part of why you would do it. You get bands like Rush that do their, 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 their very experimental, like the, their, their albums, uh, where, where it's, it's completely like this surrealistic kind of world they've created within it and the album art and the, 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 the stories that they have in the album art and, and all that kind of stuff or in, in the booklet or for lack of a better term, like in, in the, in the jacket cover, all that kind of stuff all make a difference in how that album is meant to be consumed. So certainly something like this, I can see why they would do something like that. And the fact that you could get the album all in one album at the end, at the end, if you, if you didn't want to support that or whatever, if you found out about it late, you still have the chance to get them all without having to get seven individual EPs. I think that's pretty cool. And I, and, yeah, and because uh, in, in the interview, they're talking about how um, not everyone got with the program from day one. So there, there's a lot of people who have two through five, but don't have the first EP that came out for this. And uh, the aftermarket price for that first EP is really high. Scalper. People were late adopters. <laughs> the, the late tax is high. <laughs> you want to okay. see the, the look of the, 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 the face on the record executive when he found out they released an album on a label? All right, so thank you for hanging with us for the last like twenty minutes. Uh, now it's time for the. the that they were releasing an album on his label, and he was going to get paid. <laughs> now we have the group of trying to tie this back into Lego. <laughs> so um, there's been some companies, some toy companies that have been putting out their products in a different fashion to to change the dynamic of how you'd normally get their products. A lot of these companies, they, they don't sell privately. They sell through distributors. And in this case, the distributor is a big box store, a collectible store, a bookstore, whatever. Um, uh, NECA is the company that comes to mind where they are, they are trying to get around the, the, the release day at big box store confusion, and they're going to maybe release some products if it works out for them. We'll see. It's just they're just trying it, but release some of their future products on their own from their own website with a pre-order window. And and then they make as many as they have to make and they get them out to people. And there's a lot of companies who don't want to deal with distribution. They just we we come up with the product, we make the product and then 
somebody whose job it is to sell the product sells the product. We're done. We're on to the next thing. That's not our bag. But uh, I, it made me think about how Lego has, let's say, always done things. I don't know how the release waves looked in the 80s or the 90s necessarily. I wasn't, I don't think anyone was paying that close of attention to it. And sets were out for a lot longer back then, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Lego does, let's say, four. I have no idea how many waves it is. Let's say it's four. Maybe it's six. I don't know. But they do these waves every couple, every three months. You're going to get a new price range suite of sets for four or five different themes in one block. Like you might get a, a city... At Star Wars and Friends and Creator, a wave of each at the same time, August 1st, September 1st, whatever. Those all drop, and you can buy them here, there, and everywhere. Sometimes they're early, sometimes they're late, whatever. What if they were to change and move away from that wave system and do things more, more small, more localized, more grassroots? What if they were to... They go out of business. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't know. What if they were to put out three sets every Friday indefinitely? Right. They, so they are like they they can make them in batches. They can make them exactly how they make them now. Get them to the distribution facility for shop at home for all the big box stores for for um, the Lego brand retail stores. And pump things out really hard in-house. They 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 push harder on the LBRs. They push harder on shop at home. They don't cater to the big box stores as much. And they completely stagger when you get when you get sets. And it's not this big ominous date where everything's gonna drop supposedly and you have to run out and get things and it also allows you to maybe appreciate the certain sets more if you're if if you're the person who's going out and going oh new star wars wave drop let me get one of each same day build them all same day be that person put the x-wing on the shelf never touch it again you don't you can't do that anymore now you have to maybe appreciate them more yeah, so so the just for the direct comparison, the the way that it currently is is that they they drop them in waves, and that would be the releasing the album all at once, and then the the new way, the potentially three sets every Friday or whatever it might be, one set every every week, uh, would would be the the equivalent. Well, I, of- I upped it to three because if we look at their seven to eight hundred SKUs <laughs> a year every year, then it's going to have to be pretty heavy still. Yeah, so even the seven eight hundred includes like three blocks of sixteen for the CMFs, so whatever. Yeah. So 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 yeah. So that that's the other comparison. That is it, this is this is the kind of the staggered uh, release schedule that they have. It's it, it's certainly not it, it's not something that you see with Lego, but it's certainly not something that you don't see within this sphere. Comics release every Wednesday. So it's, it's new comic book Wednesday kind of thing. So they, they release once a week. It's not necessarily the same title every week. It's definitely not the same title every week, but there is consistently new product coming out each week. Um, it's same like binging a TV series on Netflix or watching network TV 
once a week. Uh, it's one of those that you hear all the time. Um, when, when back when when there was still the the water cooler conversations and all that kind of stuff, when, when TV shows were were aired weekly, appointment you know, television, right? Yes, exactly. You, you'd have something to talk about when you get back to the office the next day. Now, it's either did you watch all of I don't know Umbrella Academy season two or or not, and then you can you either can talk about it or the next week it's already it's it's already old news because you you finally caught up, but everyone else has moved on to the next thing, and there's not as you you can't take in all the detail of all the things because you watched eight hours worth of TV as opposed to half an hour worth of TV that week. Um, so, so certainly there is, there, there is value and there, there is success in the kind of episodic nature of things where you get to really experience things. So certainly for someone like Lego, there is potential that something like that could be successful. Um, it, it would be something where people could, it could give someone the, the chance if they just needed to build something every week, it, it could give them a chance to check out a different line that they normally wouldn't because they, they only buy star Wars on September 1st every year or, or the, the first day of each quarter every year. But if things come out only three sets a week, they can then there's no star Wars this week. Maybe I'll check out a creator set. Maybe I'll check out Harry and Potter. It, and whatever. it's not, it's not that Lego only does like the four big drops per year. Mm-hmm. They, they have, Many. They've got something new every top of the month and bottom of the month every 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 month, like the mid month and a every two um, that that that's a radio term by the way the bottom because then it's the clock and thirty minutes is at the bottom so the top of the hour bottom of the hour you think oh would they be the same thing no they're not <laughs> so, so you're saying like the first of the month and the fifteenth of the month right yeah 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 so so that's every two weeks then yes. So, so they, they still have like uh, an ideas set or a D to C set, like every top of the month and mid month, every month forever. So they're still releasing plenty of these like, individual off schedule things. But if they, if they, re- if, I guess it would be, it'd be something like ten sets every Friday or every week for and the whole year. Would, and it would be that it would only be available through Lego as opposed to, or I guess the, the new ones are only available through Lego as opposed to you find they could, they could like cluster them. They could like cluster those and send them out to retail, like in bigger batches. So once a month, maybe retail right. gets it. Now I know that would completely fuck all the planograms and, <laughs> and, but you know what? Keep up, Target. Keep up, Walmart. Like this is the way it's gonna go. We're not gonna, we're not gonna rely on what you, how you say you'd like to receive products from us. Yeah, there's a reason that Lego is like three aisles and and not six feet or four feet uh, in an aisle. Three pegs. (laughs) Exactly, because they're huge. And so, again, to Chris's point, is there a point where you can get so big that that you can that, that you can kind of almost dictate? Um, how you want to how you want to distribute this kind of stuff, and and would it would it affect things? And certainly, I, I I can see it being something that would work that that could potentially work, where you could only get them as a new release every Friday from Lego at the end of the month, or um, six eight weeks later, then they're all going to be they're, they're going to be pumped out to the retail store. So um, there's still a way to get them at retail if you don't if you don't have access to a computer if you don't you're not yeah, close. There's still to- a perfectly great selection at retail, and if you're not like the day one person, then it's it's fine. You go to Walmart, you buy what you like. But 
if you want to be a day one person, there, there's a lot more interaction and um, involvement and between the, the, the fans <laughs> and and the brand where it's you're, you're constantly looking at each other like, what's coming out next? Hey, this is all coming out. Are you going to buy it? I think that I think it could be a lot more interactive that way, especially with the the maybe they are, maybe they aren't going after a falls more. See, that's what I that's what I think of, and the the interactive thing I don't think matters to them because that doesn't make them any more or less money. If we're talking about it, you know what I mean. They already they already do some of that to a point when they have like the hard to find, which is basically. You can only buy this from us. Like Walmart isn't going to get the fucking Barracuda Bay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not going to get those those big things. You know what I mean? Unless their you know plans change so, so somehow, which would be great. You know, it'd be cool if some if every once in a while, like a big thing like that was available. Like, why wouldn't they uh, release like one of the uh, two hundred dollars Star Wars sets? You know what I mean? Like, imagine if the Ewok Village was available at Target. You know what I mean? Like back when I mean, that imagine imagine if. Uh... Uh, you could get Triptychon at Target. Yeah, there now. Yeah, um, but yeah. So I, uh, when you, when you brought it up before, uh, I didn't really think about. Yeah, you know, like you kind of expanded on it right there. Because um, that's first, how we do this show. That's the behind the scenes right there. Is we don't know what the fuck we're gonna talk about until we already said it, and you can't take it back. <laughs> so, uh, like my first thought was that the existing models were kind of going to be like thrown out the window, which I was like, there's, there's no way. You know yeah, what I mean? They would never do that. Like that, that there's, there's too much crap. Now I just forgot what it was. Recruitment <laughs> that is, that is allowed um, by having them in the big box retails. It's, right. it would be stupid for Lego to not keep that relationship up because they, they will certainly I'm, get. I'm not saying they stop selling through Agreed. big yes. box. Exactly. Um, exactly. They so just. That's not. The they best. might be big enough to to dictate how they want to distribute, and they can move away from this. It worked 20 years ago. Let's let's pretend it still works today. Model of four times a year, we get a whole new aisle where the stuff. Get See, ready to clearance. I think about. I, I think about when I was a kid. And uh, the the Ice Planet Christmas that I had, so I got almost every single Ice Planet set that Christmas. And if there was a, a thing like that where, you know, if they sold out of the sled of the snowplow and the Ice Sat V, then like little Kenny doesn't get that for Christmas because like my parents had no idea. Like there's people aren't gonna, not enough people would pay attention to that. Or remember it, you know what I mean? Like us three might, we might go cool. <laughs> March fifth, the the new you know little you know rowboat comes out, so I got to make sure I get the rowboat. You know what I mean? Like whatever, whatever the case may be. Like I don't think the percentage of us is large enough to cater to that much because they're already catering to us when it comes to the idea stuff or. Um, you know, like the, the giant Millennium Falcon or something like that. You know what I mean? So like, obviously I think the, there might be a, a, a slight, uh, uh, like shift at times, like on certain sets, like the, uh, like the Lego NES, like there was a line outside the Lego store in Providence for that. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a, I mean, you're, you're at the malls. So you, you would see it more than I would, but there's, there's a line every time they, 
they first of the month, 15th of the month, whatever, drop some new ideas or D to C. There's a line, even if it's a short line, there's a line every time. It's like, who are these people? Like, this thing's going to be out for two years. Calm your ass down. Like, yeah, you can, they, exactly. I, I want the Nintendo set now. Like, I don't have the Nintendo set because I, it didn't bother me that I wasn't going to get it on day one. I have my, my backlog is too big. I'll be able to now. It. Could you want it if it like I, we? I think I talked about this when the UCS Falcon, the second edition one, came out a couple years ago. How now could you want this thing if it takes you longer than a day to build it? It's, like, it's you want it's, you have to start now because you're not going to be done until tomorrow that's fine that's well, fast it's the same thing as like why why do people wait in line for the new release of, of a new book or something like that you're not going to finish it for at least three days for you to finish it you can't use that argument if that's just because you're not in it but like there were harry potter lines when the, the latest the last harry potter book came out because people wanted to get it right when it came out so they could start reading same with this you want to start building if you want to do it i don't i don't fault anyone for that and i have been that way but some, even, even with some of these now, like because I think on on the Nintendo, the Batmobile, the Falcon, there's so much like cross brand promotion now with some of those big ones that if you wanted to build it in two weeks, if you don't get that right away, you're not going to be able to build it. The 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 NES is sold out. It's been sold out since I think the that one lasted two days or so, but it eventually sold out, and it's still unavailable. The Falcon, uh, when that came out. That was like sold out for like, like two or three months or something like that. And so even if you wanted to build that within a month, if you didn't get it that first day, you wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, and so I get why there are people that are in line. For me, I, I'm, I'm now past that. As long as I can build it eventually, I don't need to get it on day one. Again, because my backlog is so big. If, if I had been caught up and I wanted to build something and I definitely wanted to build Barracuda Bay, the Falcon, the, the NES or whatever – I may have been, well, had there been no COVID, I may have gone there that day to try to pick it up. It might not have been when they opened, but I could have gone on my lunch break or something like that. I would have made a special trip just to make sure I can get it. Now, of course, shop at home is so efficient and it's free shipping anyway. I'd be fine just ordering it online. I'm trying to think of something that I would be a day one purchaser of. Gundam. See, so, no, no, not even, not by a long shot, Paul. I'm just joking. I didn't know that it was out. Like, I, I was not like, oh, I got to go. I was actually checking the Lego store for the Mario because my friend wants one. And he's like, hey, do you mind swinging by and just seeing if it's in stock and, like, picking it up if it's there? I'm like, yeah, no problem. And I go to, like, wait at the door because they have, like, it blocked off right now. And I just saw it sitting there. And, and like, I was like, I, look at that. Like, I'm keeping the box because the box is so you know, 80s and 90s and stuff, you know, yeah. so like, it just spoke to me. And so I wasn't in line. I wasn't waiting. I wasn't counting down the, the, the minutes. I've never had a pirate set in my life, you know? So this was, this was it other than like a little guy with a, with a treasure chest. Like I never had anything else, you know, like no boats or anything. So I was, I was just like 90s, give it to me like late 80s. Like I really like the look of it. I wasn't waiting for it. I wasn't like shopping for it. It was just there. And it happened. And I think that's the vast majority of sales. Yeah. They will have the lines. They are the lines. But how out of how many times that set is sold, I don't think that is a, a big enough percentage to yes. adjust anything. Yeah, that's the thing that I, I mentioned. That, that is the point that I was going to make, too, is, is that we are, we are different um, in, in the way that we know. We know a lot about how the whole process is. We're, we're immersed in Lego. 
90% of the people who are buying those sets, they wouldn't have bought the set unless they passed it in the store and, and, and saw it in there. So that it, it ultimately that's going to be, that, that's the, the, the reason that that stuff is still going to be on the shelf. The reason that, that, that the Barracuda Bay set is going to sell as many as it does is because of the way that they have it marketed in the store. They have the display up and, and underneath the, the acrylic case, they have, uh, they've got the, the whole shelf is deep with, with Barracuda Bay sets, all that kind of stuff. It really is. And it, it's, it's, they, they, they're going to have to keep that stuff there like that for sure. All right. So Kenny, how, how often does your store have uh, release waves, if that's even a, an applicable thing? It, not really, but we do have people that ask when you get new stuff, like when you get new t-shirts and it is every day. You know what I mean? Like we don't know what we're going to get when we're going to get it. And it's just kind of like, just check back. You know, like like just just come check it out. Now but you don't have like a, like a seasonal like. There has been times, like for instance, there's a new Vans uh, Simpsons line that we didn't get in the store, but like there was a there was a street date on it, right? So we saw it like on our website after somebody asked us about it. Um, but I have worked in places where there is a street, like we get something as a like, cool. This this goes on sale Friday, and people are gonna want it. You know what I mean? Like back back at another company, we sold the um, Little Wayne shoes. Is it Little Wayne? Yeezy? Is, it, is that him? No. Who's the Yeezy? Yeezy's a Kanye, I think, aren't they? Okay, yeah. I don't see. I don't know who's who. Um, so it was like a street date. So something like that, people will line up for. You know what I mean? Like the clothing stores, you'll see it in the mall. If you, you if you go into the mall on a Tuesday, there's a line at Foot Locker because there's a new shoe. A new but you don't have like your 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 industry doesn't have like a uh, six times a year. There's a big a addition of products that, that kind of changes the landscape of the store it would be the seasons like right now we're kind of getting into uh fall you know so we're getting more like flannels and like fall things you know what i mean right now it's summertime right now it's summertime but like we're not getting shorts in like we're getting okay. our fall stuff in so so people- let's say you have four like store-wide uh big drops a year with with the seasonal changes and that's fine. It's clothing, so that makes sense. That wouldn't make sense for Lego. Seasonal doesn't really change anything for Lego, unless you're talking about the Winter Village, and that's like a novelty. It's yeah. um, We're the only two that get that stuff. Yeah. So, so Kenny, how how often does your store get shipments from distribution? Is it every day? Is it five days a week? Is it six yeah, days a week? Monday through Friday. Yeah. So five days a week, you're getting new stuff in from distro. So theoretically, you could completely change the release schedule of products because you're still getting enough delivery. The supply chain still provides for you to get new stuff five days a week. So, and I'm assuming because you only really change things up four times a year for the seasons. I'm assuming that your five days a week deliveries are restocks for stuff you have that you have sold. And like new styles. So we might go like, cool, like we have, we got this shirt in and we'll get one run of that shirt. And then it's like, cool, it did its job. It sold itself. Now we're getting a new shirt and it's a different brand or whatever. So like, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's a men's t-shirt for instance, right? We might get more of these later. Assortments. All right. So kind of like an assortment. Yeah. So it's where just, it fill it fills a it fills a product type. Right. So there's a percentage, right? So like if you if you have hundred percent of men's teas right now and you sold twenty percent, they're sending you twenty percent stock regardless yeah, of yeah. 
ones or new ones. And then exactly there is little bits where it's like, cool, now we have a shorts table. And now that you're at, you, you, you sold 75% of your shorts. Now we're going to send you a hundred percent of your sweatshirts, you know, or pants, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's going to replace it for like that next season that we talked about. You know what I mean? So um, that's kind of how it works. But what if instead of seasonally, it was like monthly. Let's say let's. It's not a drastic change. It's not every day. It's not every week. It's, it's let's say monthly. So from four times to twelve times, and it's times three, but it's still it's still not that big of a jump. What if it was monthly? You had a bunch of new stuff, and because you're getting five days a week delivery, you could it's still get that stuff in just as easily as 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 you are getting it four times a year. You can get it twelve times a year, and you could have people coming back, let's say, three times as much instead of not that people come in four times a year and uh, I've right. checked it off the list. Um, you could have them come in 12 times a year instead of four times a year. Now, the first thing I think of, and this might not be to your point, but the first thing I think of is I don't think pe- the vast majority of people would care. You know, like you'll get the couple, you'll get the people that do come multiple times a week and they go with which shirts new and then i go it's that one that one and that one and they buy all three they don't care what it, they don't care about it they're just like which ones are new and they just want the new ones so that person's gonna be there pretty much no matter what but i don't think there would be enough people that would be like hey you get stuff three times i don't know i forget what you said already it's what three times a week or you know what i mean whatever it was like however much faster i don't think enough people would care and because we kind of like essentially we kind of do and just like people come when they need clothes, say, right? So in terms of Lego, I would see people shopping that when they want something to do, when they want, when, you know, when there's a, a birthday, you know, so there's a kid's birthday. Like whenever I'm in the aisles at like the Targets and the Walmarts and things, it's just, ran- it, they're just like, oh, just pick out a Lego set. You know what I mean? To like the kid, you know? And it's, and it's screaming, get him a Lego set. Right. <laughs> it's usually not like thought, it's it's there's not like a lot of thought process to it you know what i mean and you'll have the parents that do go like okay cool kenny wants ice planet 2002 let's get him as many as we can find or what next to watch sees it as 1992 it's the uh, the reference moves on with day (laughs) um so i i i don't see not not that it's your point but i don't see anything wrong with how they're doing it already i think so there's so there's there's the casual buyer and then there's like the the fanatic. Let's not call them an A full necessarily because they could be any age, but the people who are just buying all the stuff. Now I think the and you see that too. You see the fanatic and you see the casual buyer. But I think the difference is, and then there's no this is conjecture. Sure, this a fair portion of the show is conjecture. <laughs> so the difference is how many people are buying more clothes for themselves than they could ever wear versus how many people are buying more Lego sets to put into their backlog that they'll build eventually, but can't build right away. I I would wager that there are more people buying more Lego than they have the ability or the time to build than there are people buying more shirts than they have body. I will, I will speculate because there are people that, will end up, you know what I mean? If, if a dude comes in and he has every shirt on my front table, he's legitimately got uh, 
what's six, uh, 12, 22. He's got 34 shirts, and that's just the front table. That's a month's worth of t-shirts, you know what I mean? And do you think I'm the only store he shops at? Absolutely not, you know what I mean? And that's not even the whole t-shirt section, right? Now, I, uh, I worked at Lids a long time ago. Uh, the hat store for anyone that might not know, but I, I need two hats. I only have one head. I legitimately, <laughs> I legitimately, you might not believe this. I have, I don't, I don't remember the exact number, but I have between three and four hundred hats. That's and impressive, dude. <laughs> you do like right now? I know, no, because I, the, the the story uh, goes where I. I, I was training in a store, and there was this really good employee, and I put all the hats that I didn't wear into a trash bag, and I gave them to her, and she was like, she thought it was the coolest thing ever. I legitimately gave her like 250 hats, um, and she was happy. That's more hats than like, that, that's, Days you know when they say a lifetime supply of something? That You have exceeded a lifetime supply of hats. <laughs> 250 so, is more got, than a lifetime supply. Because every time we would buy a hat, so we, we had like stats in our store where one of them was called multi-hat. So we wanted to sell more than one hat, right? So every time we bought something, we would buy two hats. It, so it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, I want to buy this one hat today. It was like, cool, I need to find another one. I need to buy two. You know, and typically we worked in the hat store. We wanted to be like the trendsetters. We wanted to be the coolest ones on the on the block. So people would listen to us. That was like the thing. You know what I mean? Because you had like the everyday people that are just going to the baseball game, but then you had the people that were like, "I'm matching up my shoes, my shirts, and my MoMA things." And like they literally would not listen to you if you didn't have like cred with that, right? So like if I was wearing this hat, wouldn't sell a thing. You know, so I had to like look the part, right? So that was part of it as well. But um. But yeah, so it got to that point. So like, I know I'm not even close. Like, like shoes, shoes is a huge thing. People yeah. just have closets. Every closet in their house is shoes, and then they flip them. They sell them for five grand a piece and stuff. Like, it's just it's crazy. So every walk of life has an AFL person, and I think what Lego does to this point is is uh, what's the word I'm looking for is 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 appealing to that you know what i mean when they make the the 800 millennium falcon and it's been available for how many years or the death star it's been available for how many years and they just refreshed it a little bit or whatnot you know what i mean so like i think that with the, with what they do in their business plan i don't think there's really much they could or should look at to improve because i think that they've got a really good thing right now especially with what was it 15 years ago when they were in that like real rough spot? Yeah, they're, they're probably out of that now. You know, oh, they're, they're probably way they're they're way out of that, and they're you know with their plan now, they don't have much to worry about. But like, hey, any wrong move, they they can make this move that going to the three sets a week or or whatever it is, and maybe that is you know shoots themselves in the foot. They're like, well, shit, now we got to come up with a plan that's going to take three years to dig us out of this hole or whatever. You know what I mean? So, I well, yeah, see- right. we've seen that if they don't, we've seen that if they, if they don't make a certain percentage more profit per year every year, they lose their minds. That's all, that fucking pisses me off, by the way, with every company. I'm just like, like if I was in the, the CEO spot and we made less profit, I would go, okay, cool what's like what's up but like if it's like oh we made 10 percent profit last year and next year we made 12 percent profit and then we made 13 percent profit and then we go well we had a two percent lift before why are we have a one percent it's like 
I don't know. At some point, at some point, shit fucking plateaus. You know what I mean? <laughs> I could talk to you guys about something off air uh, uh, about that too, but um, because at some point, at some point, it stops. There is a finite amount of people, a finite amount of, of buyers in a in an area, whether that's the world or a certain little city, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like whatever. I don't remember what video game company it was, but like they, they fired a whole bunch of people because they didn't meet their sales goals, even though they were still profitable was last year. Was it Blizzard? I think so. Yeah, Blizzard, like, Blizzard, yeah. yeah. yeah they, they were still profitable, like massively profitable, but didn't meet their goal, which is when you when you – are just going by 10% last year. We need at least 10% this year. We need another 10%. Like if you only are going by straight numbers, you don't take into account that things will, will plateau. So even if you got to 8% and they, to them, they didn't meet their goal. So cutting all these people, like that's bullshit. That just seems that that seems like an unrealistic pace. And to, mm-hmm. to be upset that you didn't meet an unrealistic goal is unrealistic. Oh, they're, they're, whatever, whatever. I mean, I'm, I mean, it shit's a whole different ball game when you're making that much money. Yeah, people lost so. their minds when that shit happened. So, so yeah, like it, it is one of those things. And I think you're absolutely right, Kenny. Like, I, I don't think Lego needs to do anything. And I think your, I think hats and shoes was probably a, a more apt comparison to to um, the just kind of generally soft line retail kind of a thing. Like, because there's certainly hats and shoes like that's where people will buy more than what they need to have kind of a thing. And it, it, it lends itself more um, to that. So that, that's the more direct comparison to, to Lego, but, but, I, but actually I, I think it's, you're right. I, I don't think that Lego needs to do anything to change. Um, and who knows, like the, the whole thing with the Osprey, that, that could have been them trying to, to, to do something different and get into another, another part of, 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 of the population to, to have a partnership with, with with who was it? Um, Bell and, and Boeing. Bell. Yeah. So like that, like that was potentially a new partnership. So that was them trying something new, and it didn't work. So we'll cut that. But they, because they've been doing so well with all the other aspects of it, they can still fall back on the things that they know were working well. Um, I just I, I'm not I'm not cool with with um, companies falling into a, a a groove and being content with with never improving or changing and the idea that they've been doing x amount of release waves a year for the past 15 20 years and to 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 think that the retail landscape hasn't changed at all and they can keep going on this same path without any question of should we do things differently i think is foolish i agree but i don't think that's what that's that's not lego though we talk about in the show all the time like it's a different world now. You like Lego, like the old school way of doing Lego. Now it's all licenses and all that kind of stuff. So it's changed. And I think the distribution and the releasing may be the same and consistent with how they've done it 20 years ago or whatever. Let's just say 10 years ago. But what they are actually releasing is way different now than what it used to be 10, 15 years ago. I think that's where Lego has changed. So I think in in the dark times in, in the, the before boneheads came out like that's that's when they were relying on just it always used to work this way let's just let's just keep going so it's kingdoms pirate space like it's just the same things and then they needed to shake things up because that that didn't work for them anymore that was them getting complacent and wrestling on their laurels so they needed to change and now they 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 
this is them kind of reaping the benefits of all that change that they did. It, the, the, the licensing clearly did well for them. Right. And minifigures clearly do really well for Lego in that they, you can, you can get people to buy countless numbers of sets by having minifigures that, that are collectible and look cool. And, and, and that guy's, it got me to buy numbers that, like who knows how many superhero sets or whatever. It's just so I could get the cool ass minifigure inside and then, I, then, I just can't I can't stand when a kid comes into my store and tells me how this figure is really rare because it's only in one set. I'm like, yeah, but the set was available everywhere for two years. Like, <laughs> just because your ass didn't buy it doesn't make it rare. Right. It's rare if it was given out at a Comic Con or a Toy <laughs> Fair or or. It was like secretly packed into some boxes and you had to happen upon it. But it's not rare if it's in a mass retail set worldwide for two years and you slept on it. Well, let's just say like, let's go like Vitruvius, right? The, the Vitruvius figure was definitely rare in comparison to all the others because he was only in at, at the time. The, the first Vitruvius release was released only in one set and then like the Blu-ray. And then I think he came out in another one in that next wave of Lego movie sets, there was another Vitruvius, I think, that came out there. But there was a time where that's not Vitruvius, rare. No, but he was more. That's rare not rare. Others, but he was more rare than the others, and so he demanded a higher demanded a higher price value for that. And so it it was there. It was he was he was it was it was rarer than the others. And so uh, it's just that's not rare. There's just as many of them out there. This, Just because the price to entry is is the 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 gate to entry is higher. Well, there are, there are way more Emmett figures than Vitruvius figures. Like so, there's 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 more of those. So literally, it's more rare than the other. In demand is a different story, or know, whatever. Man. But like it's there's there's, there's definitely more. No, they made all the Emmett. All the faces were different from set to set for Emmett. Like if you want to say the character is is more easily obtainable. For Emmett than for, for Vitruvius, sure, but I don't think that that means Vitruvius is rare. He well, was in he was in the um, the Lord Business Evil Lair, and he was in the Sea Cow, and then later a different version of him came out in the DVD. Right. So uh, again, you were looking at it like you're looking at it. That's not how that kid was looking at it, obviously, and how most ge- most casuals will look at it. All they know is that, like, you, you, they're just using a completely inaccurate definition of the word. So, so again, there's no like, argument there. <laughs> inaccurate definition of the word, literally every sense of like every day, like people talk correctly. Like that's that's a different story other than Lego. Right. On a lighter note, does this remind you of anything, Chris? <laughs> What's that little stone called that I never remember in Pennsylvania? Keystone. Keystone, man, the Keystone State, the Middlestone thing. <laughs> yeah, it's called a Keystone because it's the key to the whole thing. <laughs> Isn't that Keystone beer? I wanted to ask you this for like a half hour. Like I just made this, and I was like, I want to. I don't actually remember what it's called. <laughs> yeah, like if you look at any of the the highways or like the signage for Pennsylvania, it's always like this weird. Uh, it, it's the Keystone, but this this weird. Um, polygonal shape where it's almost like a trapezoid but it kind of cuts in at the top it's called a keystone (laughs) and it's that middle one at the top of any arch that's made out of multiple pieces it's the key to the rest 
keystone. Colorado. Trying to see if I have any keystones around here. Is that random keystones next to you? I'm in Pennsylvania. What do you think? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was like, I didn't hold anything up. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. In, in Michigan, they're known for a Pitoski zone. <laughs> yeah, well, they're is wrong. That like dinner? Pitoski. <laughs> Anyway, I think we talked about the Lego distribution long enough here. I think Kenny is is chomping at the bit for to, for us to get to something very specific that we got. Uh, I'm I think, this. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. He's looking I'm at all up book. I'm looking at. I'm trying to find a keystone. I don't have. I got the the love thing over here. The Lego one and the not Lego one. Are you just showing off things that are that are big for Pennsylvania? Why isn't that BOTD instead? Uh, I didn't make it. It was made for me. That's the answer. <laughs> no, I, I got enough keystones around here. <laughs> okay. So, yes, this is Kenny's big day. Because we're talking about what? The medium ship! There it is, medium ship. That's, that's our thumbnail for the episode. I'm so excited <laughs> about medium ship. You're a liar. <laughs> you know the thumbnail is always the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, fuck. We have anything that had that can't go at the beginning. This is a serious day. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> it's gonna be the hardest one. <laughs> All right, Candy, what do we got here? We have the Starhawk two on the left from Unitron, and uh, was S uh, SP Striker from Yes, uh, please. Well done. I'm, I'm pretty good. I didn't even look those up. That's impressive. So the SP striker has light and sound. It's got the there's pop. sound. There's sound too, right? It's not just light. I don't. Uh, I think it's light. It, I mean, it the, the the theme is called light and sound, but it could have been just a, a light. light. But usually they gave you both. It just says light system, so I'm gonna guess because I don't. I I've not had the pleasure of building this one. I have. I have too, but but when I was a kid, I think it's just light. Well, we would know because it would have that, that round brick you twist, and I don't see it. So it must be light. Just the just the, the push down and slide forward brick is all this one has for just light. So I think – so so there, there's one, one thing that, that Chris and I were talking about on the Starhawk 2. It's all slopes. It's just – Slopes and slopes and slopes. So, like Chris and I were both like, "Oh, it's one of the best ships ever." And then, and then you you ended up saying, "Wait, is it actually good or no?" The Starhawk Two has a great concept behind it, but it's just not that good. But yet, it's still the best set from Unitron. This by far. <laughs> it's got the weird flap in the back. What does the it's flap the, in the back do? It, it's a spoiler, man. It's, it's got a bunch of tiles on it. It's a mosaic spoiler. Yep. It just, it just it just folds down and it can be straight, so like the jet engine can have like more propulsion or something. I when it's I air brakes. When I yeah, when I used to play with it, I actually if it was up, that means that the ship was like going uh, like straight up because uh, the the propulsion would be angled at a different way because I'm fucking weird. But um, <laughs> like the bad thing about it is like his little buddy there has nowhere to sit. So he's just like stranded. Damn, air brake failure. They blew too early. Good job, Foe Hammer. You killed us all. <laughs> he might be able to actually. They, they, it might be able to fit two pilots, like like uh, 
back, like uh, one in front of the back. I don't remember. Maybe he's got like he's got some walking around room in there. That pilot, right? And then the the little situation that that the guy on the ground is holding like goes into one of the side portions, I believe. Like it can be stored in there. Maybe the sides here both fold down, and one's got like an extendo laser camera doohickey, and the other one I don't remember. <laughs> I think it can go in there. I could be wrong though. Um, it's I started building this, and then I decided that I didn't feel like looking for all the parts. And then I decided, no, that's okay. I almost just bought a new one, but then I did still. <laughs> I don't know uh, the the SP striker. I mean, you guys have more more uh, more on that with the, the than I do. So it's it's got that nine volt uh, crutch to it, where it's got to stick that nine volt box in it. So it's bigger than it needs to be, just because it needs to house that thing. It hides it really well. Like I don't know a hundred percent where it is. Side- I know where it needs to be, yeah. but you you couldn't nail down necessarily where it is. So it does that well. It's got the prison pod. You think a ship of this size size might warrant two prison pods? Like the little ship has one. This one still only has one. I can see two side by side on the back, or even like one upside down underneath the other one. That would be cool. You know, there is no up in space. (laughs) I'm I'm torn with this one Um, because that's is my favorite Unitron set. And this is, I, I never had any. So part of it is just the yearning of, oh, I just wanted that one because it looks so awesome. Right. But I love Space Police. And that's kind of, and, and so this is, I, I, I know the gimmicks that are, that are, that are allowed with this Space Police set. Are there more Space Police sets in this bracket or more Unitron in this bracket? No. Ah, oh, shit. Well, let, let, let me, let me say uh, a thought of mine. I don't think either of these are going to win the whole thing. Okay, so I, I, I don't know. The Rebel Hunter still lurks. Yeah, the Rebel is coming. I'm gonna go Space Police. I think just because I think for from a a toy and playability set, there's more that it does and more that it does well. So I'm gonna go with that. I'm going Starhawk too, baby. Look at all them antennas. I'm not mad with either of these, but I so think- I know that neither of these are gonna win, and I'm going Starhawk too because it's just okay. got it's got this this allure. Like, look at it. It's got it does. It looks a awesome. cool profile. Yep. And I would love to see it as a silhouette and not in actuality. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great spaceship. And not that the SP Striker is not. Oh, that thing's a piece of trash. Why is that? <laughs> no, Starhawk 2? That is not in this bracket. How did this end up in this bracket? Because Unitron's got a bunch of small airships. Starhawk 2? Yeah, Starhawk 2. I'm not even like, what was that? The Planetary Decoder, I think. Uh, oh? It does not deserve to be. I'm going with Starhawk also in this one. Yeah. Same. Starhawk 2? Yeah. Starhawk 2. <laughs> Same. <Yeah. laughs> the Blizzard Baron is rad, but it's... It's not as good. Not big enough either. Well, I'll tell you this. It's flying. It doesn't have a full canopy. <laughs> it does not have a full canopy. You know you know me all too well now. Uh, yeah, Starhawk 2. What the fuck? Starhawk 2 is getting deep. Hmm. I I have this one. Just it's it's. I know exactly what this is in my basement right now. It's Allied Avenger, right? Yes, I believe that's right. It's, it's something very similar. If that's not right. Yep, Allied Avenger. Uh, I'm still gonna go Unitron on this one. 
I'm. I'm it's tough. I have this one. I don't have the Unitron, but if the wings did more than if they were more than just access, and there was a little bit more that it could do other than move in that in in, in its configuration, I think I would I would put it up higher. But I was slightly disappointed in that this was my foray into Blacktron two, my first one. So compared to Blacktron one. I didn't like it as much. Your so mistake I, was getting any Blacktron too. I, I come into this one with baggage, so I think that's why I'm going with the Unitron one. Amazing. Although I have to, between these two, it's got to be Starhawk two. Starhawk two. <laughs> now Ooh, she's going to real. It's an easy choice for me. I'm going Blacktron on this one. I'm going, I'm going fucking Starhawk two, baby. This is the Invader, right? Yeah. Yes. This is not the best Blacktron set, but but I still like it, man. The the fact that it's modular, you can you can separate the center section and then have the the back connect to the front, like and then the wings fold out. Again, it can do a lot of stuff. So can the Starhawk too, baby. Trans red wedge plates. Those are cool, but I think Invader that, all the way. I think they're way too tiny for it. Doesn't matter. Invader wins. <laughs> <laughs> Blue past it. Okay. Uh, Rebel now, Hunter. Now it doesn't matter anymore because Rebel Hunter is the greatest <laughs> set in this whole suite. <laughs> yes, the Rebel Hunter is so fucking awesome. That's pretty good. One bad thing about the Rebel Hunter, Paul. I dare you. No, I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. <laughs> Bugs. Sonic Stinger. Is this a, is this a snap? That's what I was going to say. I don't know if it's correct or not, but I was going to say Sonic Stinger. Uh, 6907 out of 6909. What is that? We are correct. Um, it's a, it's released twice. That one one uh, one time came with a mask. Got it. Whoa! Boom, baby. No uh, Katie, you might be an expert on this now. Don't say that you're an expert, but I'll I'll say that maybe you're an expert on on uh, insectoids. Insect fuckingoids. <laughs> I can't wait for Ben Turner to cover the insectoids because it's one of the themes where it deviates from the humanoid a little bit. And I think it's going to be really interesting the directions he goes when it's not like a regular human face. Not a humanoid, it's an insectoid, huh? <laughs> Galaxy Force or Galaxy Quest? What was that one? I think that would be a fun one for him to do. Galaxy Squad. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see if we get that far. I mean, the, the further into the present that it gets, I think it's going to lose some of the appeal and some of the... Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I think it's... The, the customer base? Yes, yeah, I, I think you're right. Big shout to Brixar for doing a big old pre-order. I okay. can't wait to actually get them in hand and ship out the pre-orders because it's like it's weighing on me that these people sent me money and I can't mail them the prints yet because I don't have them. Just like fucking Target. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, if it's like Walmart, they'll just cancel the pre-order. <laughs> yeah, right, no bugs uh, from me on this one. Sorry. So. All the way. Although the Sonic Singer is not trash, uh, it's it doesn't. It is pretty cool. It's just not for me. It doesn't. So hold. this is this is Insectoids had the gimmick of this monstrosity here that really dictated the rest of the set. At least three sets used it. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's. I mean, the prison pod is kind of a gimmick, but it works. It's that's part of the the story. The light. light and sound thing is. The fact that this is in so many sets, we had one Space Police one set with the light and sound, or light rather. But this thing, this light and sound brick here, was in at least three of them. That's crazy. 
So, Rebel Hunter. This is the what, the Warp Wing Fighter? Warp Wing Fighter, which is actually a pretty rad ship. I've got this set. Um... I love the use of hoses in yeah. in uh, UFO. Like right. it made it it made it feel real, man. It made it made it be a lived in world. They needed <laughs> everywhere. I love how they just have like the uh, the second class citizen like in the middle. <laughs> That's your cast system again, just like the farmers. Yeah. yeah, it's like nah, you don't get the real cockpit. You're gonna sit in the middle. <laughs> What are we uh, talking about? So you see, you see the uh, the the middle portion there. It's like those. Uh, it's the same thing that's on the uh, Starhawk too, with those those canopy things that like op- uh, open up sideways. It's on the the ISAT V, like the orange ones on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're all okay. paneled. So that is the second cockpit, and you would put like the little robot dude. The robot dude. Yeah. No, we're not talking. Oh, sorry. We're not talking about this guy here. We're talking about a, a like a robot robot. He's the one that sits in the normal cockpit. He, the The robot's in the normal cockpit right now. You can see his arm. That's for me. Who let him in there? Yeah, he he snuck aboard. Uh, <laughs> he normally sits in the middle. Like I have this uh, like half built because I was in the, in my bin. Like so, it's all apart, and he's still just chilling in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, check out ego back here. It is. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, that's a that's a pretty that's a good set right there. So this one does not have fiber optics or any kind of gimmicks, right? One set of, from UFO had fiber optics, and it was the big one. Okay. Well, technically, all, all the uh, the trans-yellow ones are. That, that technically is. What? It's it's actually fiber... Well, the, the material that is made from. The, that allows, like, the day glow type thing. Right. It's a fiber optic piece. Just by, by the definition of it. That's what that is. I will right. take your word for it. I will as well. But um, their, gimmick, their gimmick was using hoses. <laughs> I'm going Rebel Hunter on this one. Their gimmick was fucking shoulder pads. Oh, yeah. That like redefined the love of minifigures. These shoulder pads came out and you're like, hold on. I don't care about anything about minifigures anymore. Hold on. <laughs> no, that was a great line. UFO, I don't think it's enough love. Uh, the while saying that, I'm going Rebel Hunter. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Rebel Hunter. So, I don't know what Paul said, but it doesn't matter. Oh, I, said, I said Rebel Hunter, yeah. Rebel Hunter, too, yeah. This All, is right. Rebel All right, Hunter. Kenny, test your metal. Oh, oh, particle ionizer, baby. Space helicopter. Helicopters oh. in space. Yeah, I'm going to Mtron on this one. Ooh. Ooh. A fighter has arrived. A new challenger. <laughs> A new challenger. Um, I'm good with either, but I'm going Emtron. They're both rad, but I think the particle ionizer has random. Oh, have you even seen the Rebel Hunter in its short configuration? I have not. I can go grab mine. Let's do uh, it. Uh, yes. I will. I will return. <laughs> and there's Barracuda Bay right behind him. <laughs> He's been covering up this whole time. I didn't get the impression that he had already built it, but I guess he I didn't, didn't think so either. <laughs> All right. All right, show show the full version first. Oh, let me get you on the big screen right here. Look at it. Yep. Look at it. It's hunting rebels. Hunting them rebels. I like it. Look at it. Look at that prison pie. Look at it. 
It's great. Look at those those, those just bulbous side cockpits that aren't real. <laughs> just filling out the vehicle, dropping it a little bit. Prison pod comes out. Check that out pretty, check out the way it holds it. The bump from the hinge. The little bump from the hinge sticks into these holes on the side of of the pod that are made out of arches. Look at that. That is pretty badass. That's, that, that's every, clever. Every set in this in this line held the pod a different way. So it wasn't always that. Like one did the side of one of those like camera looking things or like the I don't know what the modified brick thing is called. Hold on. Um, Everything's a modified brick. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, right. Okay, so these keep everything straight. Is it a rail? Oh, oh that's sick. <laughs> Crap. Oh, now, I might actually like that better than, than the m Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> I could go grab the uh, particle liners real quick, too. I should have grabbed it. I know that. I know, I know what that one is. It's a space helicopter. We don't need to see that. I'm just I think, trying to change some votes over here. I think we all know who the winner is. I mean, I do like that actually. I, I did, like that gimmick better than the Mtron. Did Mac. you just did you not just vote for Particle Ionizer? No, I did. I thought Kenny did too. Paul voted for Particle, uh, particle Ionizer. I, I'm I'm in on this all the way. Oh, all right then, Rebel Hunter, it is. <laughs> you were just swaying votes that weren't that didn't need to be swayed. <laughs> Correct. Ooh, okay. Now shit gets real. I don't know that it gets real. I mean, it's pretty cool. It, it has a similar function where it splits down the middle and then it picks up that little rover by just grabbing it and squeezing it. Sauce Centurion's fucking awesome. Eh. Yes. Dude, I've never seen this then. The side-by-side cockpit? Hold on. I <laughs> don't need to see that one too. <laughs> It looks cool as hell. It's it's not. <laughs> it's this one's gonna depend on the gimmicks. I think it, I think the coolest part is that you could you could put it on Rebel Guardian's head instead of his head as a real big head. <laughs> so it looks like uh, what's his name from from Power Rangers? So he's got Alpha Five or whatever. Oh, it's got the the crane arm, little gravity arm, the claw in space. He's got the lasers and the other lasers and the other lasers. Lasers. And it's got sideways, like, tail thing. Side guns. <laughs> yeah, side guns online. <laughs> uh, the double cockpit. So it's a cloud car. I mean, how awesome is that? Twin pod spireus octagon. I like this weird thing. Like, why does he have controls behind him kind of thing? <laughs> there. Why is there controls behind him? That's his gun when he gets out. And then, yeah, so it just splits. This guy falls out. And then, boom, now it's just the one guy, and he's off doing his his other missions. These are just cool-ass gimmicks, man. Yes, this is awesome. And then, so, like, because he gets, uh, he's, uh, like, the red parts are what gets wrapped. Dude, I love that minifigure, too, by the way. Oh, he's the best. He's supposed to be the leader guy, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you could just like land it on top of them and pick them up that way. Well, cool. There, so I'm still gonna I'm gonna go space place two on this one. So uh, yeah, Rebel Hunter still wins. 
picture real quick. I should make this fit on the uh, Robo Gargantuan. To Robo Gargantuan. Pirates is awesome though. All right, let me uh, let me show you. I think you need to pick uh, that up. This guy, if you haven't seen this guy, I remember this uh, before when we. I think when we first went over, like I, th- I remember a year, maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago. I've seen this before at some point. Yeah, yeah. This this is rad. Look at his eyes. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, so where do we land on this, Rebel Hunter? Rebel Hunter. What? A sweep? And from when we said the Rebel Hunter wasn't going to... No, no, that, that was the first two that were going to take it. Rebel Hunter is what was going to take it. Yeah. Uh, Rebel Hunter, doesn't even matter. Yeah, I'm still on Rebel Hunter on this one, too. The the sauce, that's a pretty rad ship. No, nah, this one was trash. It doesn't... No, it's rad. It doesn't... No, it's it. trash. No, you're trash. That thing is rad, but the Rebel Hunter is the winner. It's not rad. It's it is got rad. this... this this four-legged bottom section that could come off, and then like a thin-ass saucer on top that could come off and be its own thing. It had these like extra radome things on the side that, that weren't printed and didn't make any sense. Color breakup, you know. It's <laughs> it's color separation. It's not. It's it's shape separation too. You can't see the hoses. I can't. I can't see the hoses. The one on the left, uh, the one on the left, the little the, the the circle thing, the dome. Look underneath that; you can see the hose. It's through the translucent because it's underneath. There's hoses on both sides like that. Um, I, I'm not getting up again. Just on the bottom, like connecting <laughs> connecting things. Sure, it doesn't matter. This is the like the one set I had from UFO, and it's trash. I like it. It's it's probably my least favorite of the UFO. Guess stuff. what, gentlemen? That's the last slide. Rebel Hunter wins. Okay. I'm Rebel Hunter wins. Now I kind of want it. I want one now. Oh, it's rad. You're damn right. Bam. Rebel, Rebel Hunter. Two might be one of the most complete lines with, with every ship is fucking awesome. I really believe that. Rebel Hunter. Shout out to Space Police One. Yeah, and I think I think Emtron's pretty much every set's pretty awesome. It's just very Emtron is there. You're right. I agree. I think uh, I think there was some. I think there was more weak medium ships than I thought there was. Yeah. I so um, a little bit more. I guess I was thinking of we, got, we have an Ice Planet win. We have a Space Police One win. We have a Blacktron one win. Which one won the Blacktron one again? I don't remember. The Walker. The Alienator? Yeah, the Alienator. We have uh, another Ice Planet win. And now we have a Space Police two win. Very, uh, it's very even right now. Are you going to do a bracket of all the winners? Is that what's going to happen? Uh, well, I don't know how comparable they are since they're all different sizes and categories. Makes sense. I love how those are just like bars, like above that. <laughs> it's not enough of a cell without bars. <laughs> well, look at the uh, the Space Police One jail cells. It's floating in space. They don't even have laser like bars. <laughs> they have laser bars. <laughs> they got rid of they. They moved away from lasers. That's the one thing I hear a lot about Space Police Two is that the 
the vehicles weren't weaponized. The Space Police One, like there was guns and lasers and stuff. That's all you got, and who knows if those are guns or not? They're not even transparent. <laughs> How could they be lasers? <laughs> you can't see through them. <laughs> you could see through a laser. <laughs> it's not a laser sword. It's an actual sword. <laughs> Is that the last bracket, or are there more coming up? There's, there's more. There's. Uh... I've thought about taking you know uh, the bottom of these and putting them on top as well. So like having one on Look. top. So it's not just on the like here. So it would extend off of like here, and have another one of those. Maybe what, do the wing. Yeah, the wings. Maybe I'd make all wing. I don't know. We'll see. If I, uh, I might have to get one of those. <laughs> it's, it's, really it's, like, cool. it's like twenty-five, thirty bucks only. It's not expensive. On, you on know how many times I picked up and dropped that pot off? Like what? Three. Three. Times. <laughs> three. No, way more than three times. Eight. That that's that thing. Hours, hours of entertainment. The Rebel Hunter. It was. I had that, and I had the little rover from Space Police Two, and that's all the Space Police Two I had. Sonar security. I didn't yeah. have any Space Police Two. I, I tapped out at one. The Galactic Mediator is a favorite to win Big Ship, and one of the best names ever. <laughs> Galactic Mediator. That's awesome. That is pretty badass. Anyway. We have uh, we have four more um, brackets. Four more brackets. Damn, we got a lot three, more bi- th- three bigs and a base. Ooh, we're getting into serious shit now. You know how happy I am that uh, the Rebel Hunter one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm this happy. Shout out to audio listeners. Yeah. Anyway, I think uh, that should, that should do it for this week. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Check out uh, Brixton and Dollar on Instagram. Check out uh, Kenny Prime on Instagram. I'm Paul Chu One. Check out the Rumble Collectors Facebook group. Check out the Cool Table Network and all of its associated shows. The shows might not be uh, family friendly, but they are all part of a friendly family. <laughs> you got to practice there. <laughs>